This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International, or PSI, warm line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rocks. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey y'all, this is Rowan, two sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers, um, hosting our uh, afterbirth fourth and more trimester support group. And so far so good. My Gen X uh, chill is keeping me steady, doing lots of meditation. As I speak right now, it's, my internet is unstable. As I speak right now, it is March 31st. I believe, and we were just now talking about Harris County and what's going on. So check in and let's um, tell us what's going on with you, and then we'll probably talk about how we're reacting to staying in quarantine or anything else that's going on in your mind. Hey, I'm Caitlin. I'm um, I'm the mom of two, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. We are in north houston but to do anything we have to travel at least one or two counties away so we are having to pay attention to um more than just our own county because even our grocery store is county away um the closest one um because of where we lie on the border of the counties um we are actually doing a lot better than we were last week things are starting to shape up um schedules, routines, all those things are starting to look up on our end, and we're finding a a rhythm, finally, so that's kind of where we're at. Hey, I'm Tiffany, Um, mom is two, one in kindergarten, and one at home. Um, We live in Maryland, and our governor declared a stay-at-home order until further notice. So that just means um, only leaving the house for essentials like food or medicine. And that's pretty much been what Barry's doing. So um, the girls and I haven't been in a public place um, in over two weeks. Uh, um, It's almost like these first two weeks were almost like a don't want to call it a vacation, but we were more in vacation mode where we didn't want to put any responsibilities on ourselves. The stay at home order has been um, pushed back until really at least through April. We don't know how much longer it will last beyond that, but um, responsibilities are coming in from Barry's work and from Lily's school. So Um, we are getting more into a routine even in the past two days. Uh, So 
it's, you know, figuring out the new normal. Hey, I'm Dr. B. I am uh, the mental health director for Purse Can Be Choosers and a rad human being. Um, and we just moved over the weekend from the practice location that I had scored four years ago tomorrow <laughs> to the day. And um, we just moved our office into a birth center. Um, so that way Rowan can be ready to have her feet on the ground and ready to help. Um, so that was the big project over the weekend. And I just returned like he's just just and then came home and y'all I just felt like I couldn't get clean. So I shaved my legs. I even shaved my legs. It's a big damn deal. So um, everything feels clean from toe to hairs and all that good stuff. So I'm glad to be here with my people. Is the leg shaving thing an anxiety response? Mm, maybe, because I think I just, you know, how I don't know how many of you have long hair on your legs. Like, it had just grown out to be, like, full and nice and soft and not itchy. But I just felt like I could get it clean um, being exposed. So I don't, I think it's just a solution to something that felt like a problem. So I think if it's still here the next couple of days, then I'll be like, oh, yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think it was just like, let me make myself as clean as possible. I think if I wore pants all the time, it wouldn't have been a problem. But because I'm rocking a skirt, it's like fucking 90 degrees or something outside. I was like, I need access to clean legs. So then I could see dirt. I have a lot of bruises on my legs. And so I was like, is it dirt or a bruise? I can't tell when the hair's there. So now I can tell. The answer, short question. Well, I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. Are we having a solution to an issue or are we in a, you know, an anxiety, um, an anxiety driven thought loop and uh, how, do, how do we know the difference, you know? So it's just something for internal thought. Um, I'm turning on my cam, I'm turning off my camera every time the internet says it's unstable. So um, Bab, why don't you check, us, check in with us and tell us how you're doing? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I guess I'm doing a little bit better than I was last week. Um, still just feeling overwhelmed and, um, trying to get, get used to this new normal, um, day by day. So, and my, um, my internet seems to be a little bit glitchy. I don't know if that's like a problem with everyone right now, but yeah, okay. Um, all right, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Um, I'm hanging in there. That's probably a good name for this episode, the hanging in there episode, you know? Because we're just grinding through. I think almost everybody has um, an official that's telling them that they have to stay in place or whatever for, you know, now there's not really a time. Like I was looking at a map and uh, that said when you're a hospital, when your local hospital would be at capacity. And if Texas keeps the shit together, then um, it might not be till um, it's maxed out or at capacity or peak or whatever. 
until mid-May. I was like, okay, okay. So it was encouraging to keep, you know, doing the things that we're doing and at the same time, that's really wearing, you know? So anyway, those are my thoughts right now. Well, has anybody had any insights on how to handle shows better since the last time we talked? Like an aha moment or, wow, that's really fucking working or, whoa, that doesn't work at all? Uh, I had to turn off, like, social media, just start limiting myself um, and my my consumption of minute-to-minute news. Um because it was giving me anxiety to the point that like I couldn't function um because I was just in that thought loop right like I got stuck in that like oh shit shit's terrible don't know what to do next gonna lose my mind um fuck I'm not doing enough and then I see some of these posts it's like you know why we have schools do you know why we have um restaurants do you know why we have all of these things because one person is not capable of doing all of that they are specific jobs that we literally pay a bunch of people to do uh, because one person is just not capable of doing everything so for me what's helping is getting us on a, a more strict schedule um that works for us like we wake up we do breakfast um, then we go upstairs and my son's teachers um, are still doing Zoom meetings and everything, even though they're five, to can kind of give them a sense of normalcy. So trying to juggle their all of their Zoom meetings, because even my toddler has Zoom meetings for his teachers and friends. Um, just so I'm kind of like in the same spot as Caitlin, where like last week, it was like really rough because it felt like I couldn't get a hold on like a schedule or I don't know, like there wasn't really a normal yet. We were still like in this like no responsibility, like what are we doing kind of mode. And um, Dr. B talked about like just getting back to the core things that help us get through the day. So um I put this on the refrigerator, which has been very helpful, um, just like for everyone, making sure we are all hydrated, vitamins, having good meals, and moving, and connection, even if it's not, well, definitely not physical, but, um, you know, letters, or Skype, or Zoom meetings, like she said, and this has turned into, like, everything calls, food to make, crafts to do. So we're slowly but surely getting organized and um, it's helping. So I've realized something that really helps me is um, actually putting a bra on and because I am so much more productive when I'm wearing a bra and I haven't been lately because like, what's the point? I've been wearing literally a t-shirt and pajama bottoms and no bra and slippers all day, every day. And I think that that's not helped me with my, you know, on my depression scale. And so the other day I realized that and, um, I woke up the next day and I actually like did my hair and I did my makeup and um, 
put a bra on and I got a lot more done that day. And then I didn't for the next couple days. And then I kind of did today. I put a bra on and took a shower. Um, and so it's like, I know that I should be doing that more, at least putting a bra on or, you know, putting shoes on instead of, um, just wearing slippers, just little things like that. Like it might sound silly, but little things like that, like really make me feel like, okay, I'm going to get some shit done. Um, instead of just like sitting down and like scrolling through my phone and like, okay, what are we going to do today? And just feeling overwhelmed about everything. Um, and we're still really not on a schedule, but I have been, um, we've been doing at least some reading every day and, um, arts and crafts and plenty of times we'll go outside and do arts and crafts, like in the backyard, just for hours at a time. And I think that really helps me because it makes me feel like, okay, my kids at least aren't like dying of boredom and they're able to be creative and express themselves. And, um, there's usually less fighting going on when we're doing that and stuff. So again, definitely not on a schedule, but I find that if I put a bra on, I'm probably going to get more stuff done that day and feel a little bit better about it. I absolutely feel that, that if I'm in pajamas all day, I'm going to get jack shit done. Um, something else that is helping um, is my husband has to work during the day from home still. Um, so he's on the computer until 3.30 and then we are trading. So as soon as he is done with work, he comes downstairs, he takes over the kids and I go upstairs and work or I sew or I sew masks or um, I work on some other various projects so that I still feel like I'm getting a break from the kids and it's not like a go, go, go thing um, because that was something that was really important um, during the pre-COVID era was I needed some time for myself. And since we all have to stay... Next um, morning? No, Skylar. Um, sorry, kids just thrown off my train of thought. Um, yeah, so making sure that we, we schedule time for each of us to do the things we need to do to keep ourselves sane and to get a break from the kids because anytime you're around the same person 24-7 for an undisclosed amount of time, you're going to lose your shit. So that's helping a lot to give us that, to break up that time. One thing I've noticed is that I'm creating like a minimalist um, outside the house outfit. So like I just, cause whenever I go outside, I come in and, um, and I mean like the public world, like I'll come in and throw everything in the washing machine. So I'm just kind of wearing the same thing every day. So I have home clothes and then I have like going outside to manage shit clothes. And um, it's just really freeing. I'm like, oh yeah, right. I just need about five tank tops that have you know my brand on the back and then five pairs of black jeggings or not even that like two pairs and then 
I'm good to go. So, because right now everything just goes straight in the wash and then goes in a pile to put back on when I have to leave for the next day. And the reasons I'm leaving is like we um, moved all our stuff last weekend, as Dr. Blythe was saying. And then I work in a birth center and I still have like critical services. One thing that's happening a lot, and I wanted to get y'all's ideas on it, is that a lot of folks are going away from birthing in hospital and choosing out of hospital birthing um, options. But, you know, like a question, will that be successful for people who are running away from the hospital as opposed to people who chose community birth because that was what was best for them, you know? Um, and, you know, I think all of us have heard people say, why would I have a baby in the hospital? Because I'm not sick, I'm having a baby. But now that really lands for a lot of people that maybe hadn't agreed before. So I just wanted to throw out to the group, um, what are your thoughts about people who are choosing out of um, hospital or community-based birth because they don't want to be in hospital, not because um, they'd ever considered or thought, you know, out of hospital birth was right for them. So I just wanted to throw that up for discussion. A lot of midwives are really wary because midwives are being crunched, you know, to like take on more people, take people that maybe um, is uh, stretching their capacity, but midwives also like to help, right? And be there and, and you know, like they sign up. So, um, so one of the screening tools we're having is like, are you really here because you wanted a home birth in, or a hospital birth, or excuse me, a, a home birth or a community birth, a birth center birth, and now it's like, oh yeah, this is really the right time, or is it you're just scared shitless to go in the hospital and, and not have your support people and all this stuff, so thoughts? Um, I've definitely been thinking a lot about how um, how stressed out midwives probably are right now because they I know they have like a lot on their plate. Um, and I think it, that it's awesome that so many people are looking into um, their options and considering home birth and stuff like that. I'm hoping that um, a lot of these people aren't, I, I'm sure it's going to happen, but that they aren't going to run into, um, just like the fear. I mean, if, if you weren't planning on home birthing before this happened and it's fear driving you into a home birth, then you're going to go into it scared probably, I'm assuming, um, which never is a good thing when it comes to giving birth. So I can't even imagine being in that situation that really that sucks to have to make that decision um because I've always said home birth is not right for everyone not everyone you know is is for that and which is completely understandable so um it sucks really bad to be in that situation and my heart goes out to them honestly and all the midwives right now so <laughs> that's my only thought is um just hoping that those people have resources to, I don't know, I guess, deal with the, deal with the fears of birth before, you know, before it happens. I feel like you have to do an individual crash course, childbirth education for each of those people that's coming from the hospital because they've looked at it through this other lens and now you're being forced to not only provide the services you provide, 
but now also make sure that you're doing the childbirth education on top of it because the hospital offers a hospital-based childbirth education class. And when they come to you, all of a sudden, if, even if they're 36 weeks, you're like, well, that's not how it's going to look. And we got to start over. You know, you don't have that additional 36 weeks or, you know, whatever to help them plan and figure out what their birth might look like. Um, and it's a total crash course. And I agree with Beverly, like home birth is not for everyone. Um, I think that a lot of women will be successful and find that they would want to do that again. Um, but a lot of people, because of their fears, won't know what to do in the middle of it because they haven't had enough time to prepare their mind to get through those really that rock and that hard place, right? That every woman reaches. I'm seeing my patients who are pregnant, like losing their minds is probably not even so much that they don't get to have their birthing partner with them. It's like, yes, that is terrible. And nobody wants that as a birthing person, obviously, but it's the not knowing, right? Like that's where anxiety lives is unknownville. Um, and Buddhist theology is anxiety is from the future when we spend too much time in the future because the future is not known um and then anxiety gets bigger because we just don't know and we don't know and we just don't know like even the best fortune tellers don't know for sure 100 percent. and so the fact that hospitals you know are making these declarative statements of like okay only one person or visitors and they're not taking into consideration especially people that i work with you know i have um some psychotic patients, someone who's psychotic needs their birthing person with them or their partner, you know, whoever that is. And then I also want them to have a doula um, if they've hired one, because you have someone who's a birth professional who knows what's up and will be with that person 24 seven, kind of, through labor. Um, and then a partner who may or may not know anything about birth. So sorry. Oh my God, I'm gonna mute myself. I wanted to say that TLC um, has a spreadsheet of current Houston area policies for L&D and also which midwives are, they have um, policies for what the local hospitals are doing and then also which midwives are taking transfers. So I'm gonna share that in the show notes and uh, that's put on by TLC doula group, um, Transparency, I'm one of the TLC doula group folks. But I thought that was real cool because I'm looking to see where folks are showing leadership right now. And TLC is totally doing it. And there's a Facebook group called um, Calm During COVID. And that's for Houston area folks that are pregnant and like compiling resources and being there together. So um, that is an option for people. Um, I see we lost Tiffany, but um, I'm interested to see what she has to say too. Um, maybe we lost her. And I appreciate both Bev and Caitlin saying that home birth and uh, community birth is not for everybody. Coming from two people who've had, you know, both a hospital birth and 
a community birth, right? Bev, your first births were in the hospital? Your first birth, one of them? Okay. Um, so, because we know that, that out of hospital birth is not for everybody. So I'm curious, Rowan, how are midwives handling it right now? Like how many extra births per month are you um, able or willing to take right now? That's a good question. A lot of midwives are figuring out how to scale, you know, because like Caitlin was saying, it's when people come in, they're like, well, how much is it? And there's a rumor going around that it's like $3,200 which is not correct. It's more like twice that, or at least one and a half that. And people will ask, well, like, why is it so expensive? Because I'm right here at term and, you know, whatever. But like, we're double timing because you have to create the relationship. You have to do the education piece. There's this whole component, right? <clears throat> so it's like you want, um, you have to pay FedEx prices because we're moving faster here. So um, that's hard. And I think every midwife is really having to look in their heart because every time you go into somebody else's house, you're exposing yourself to whoever's in their house and that type of stuff. So most midwives are really wanting it to be just folks who, um, you know, essential folks, right? Like they're bringing their team. So at least one other person with a license and then an assistant. And so, um, and then like some folks are wearing masks, some folks are changing in the driveway, you know, like so limiting clothing exposure, stuff like that. And I think every midwife is trying to figure out scalability. I think it's easier to scale in a birth center because you're not dragging your stuff over seven places. You, It's easier to like just turn over with a room and stuff. Our volume has gone up huge here at um, North Houston, which is a Medicaid birth center. So um, it takes um, United Healthcare and how most of these folks are coming in as well pregnant folks are like telling their their you know peers or their friends you know like i feel really trapped and they're like well, why'd you have your baby at the birth center you know I'm like oh, okay so that's how a lot of folks are finding us here but i think the volume went from like it was really low it was like five or six to like 25 so and 25 is a working volume for this birth center. anything over 25 i think is too much so um but yeah, I think a lot of midwives are stressed and trying to gather supplies. And then, of course, the personal protection um, equipment is harder to get a hold of. And then just like our basic supplies, we don't restock at a level of three times the birth level or whatever. So there's a lot of pieces that go with it. And every midwife is trying to help out other midwives, too. And then there's some midwives who are losing their shit saying, you know, I'm really scared. And I'm going to, you know, my partner's immunocompromised and I have to, like, not leave the house now. So, um it's scary, I guess, is the answer, and doing their best. But like here at the birth center, you get your um, temperature checked when you hit the door. Like you have to have a uh, within range temperature and they put hand sanitizer on you and all the staff is wearing masks. And some people aren't doing any of that stuff. So it just kind of depends. Rowan, are you seeing a lot of these late transfers successfully birth outside the hospital or are you running into like that fear being a huge blocker because i know you guys do a lot of labor whispering and you you guys understand the emotional aspect of and which a lot of midwives understand is the emotional aspect of birth um but are you seeing like that fear become a blocker or anything like that that is causing a, a transfer in the end because that's also traumatic as someone who's been through you know wanting a home birth and then not getting that and then 
I can't imagine going, I chose this because I wanted less exposure and I'm still ending up in the same spot. The clientele here is pretty gritty. So they're pretty determined. And um, I think they know that this is one of their last options as far as, um, it's just a different mindset. You know, a lot of the folks here on Medicaid, they have a different um, poverty level than people, or not poverty level, I'm not saying that right. Like, you know, different access to means than other folks who um, are paying cash pay or whatever. So it's just a grittier, tougher clientele. And um, they just seem to be making it work better. But also we're still real new in this, you know? Um, I do know that our numbers for November are already stronger than they ever have been before. So people who are newly pregnant are coming in in droves. And I think that with a lot of time will, you know, uh, increase success rates. But so far, I, I haven't noticed any change in transfer rates than our usual number. So, and I would say maybe the usual transfer is one in 20. Um, for whatever reason, so. That's just awesome. And a really good thing that people should hear. Um, because again, that's part of that fear that's going into making that decision, right? Is will I be successful, you know, or not? Will I end up in this other place that I didn't want to be in the first place? And, that's just really encouraging to hear. I know we're early, but it's encouraging. Can we brainstorm, brainstorm postpartum? Because I'm hearing that a lot, like folks who were, um, you know, plan on having their mom come or their whatever come and they don't have um, that postpartum care level. Um, and it's really scary, you know, um, like setting up a meal train and stuff like that. There's not as much of that. The best um, way to navigate that I've heard is have folks donate um, like a gift card or something. And then you could call out to wherever you wanted to. Thank God everybody's still delivering for right now. Um, so that's one way I've heard, but any thoughts on how to help folks um, postpartum? And of course, I'm like, come to our group. It's right here for you. So any other ideas postpartum support when you don't have your people with you? Prepping freezer meals and just leaving them on the porch. Um, you know, ring the doorbell, say, hey, they're on the porch. Um, so that then they can throw them in the freezer, you know, um, disposable coolers throw some ice in there, let it sit, you know, before you even touch it or whatever, if that's something you're concerned about. Um, you can still buy most of your postpartum products. So if you can do a belly bind or something like that, you can learn how to do it by yourself and that will give you at least some physical support while you're having to manage more. Um, So my um, cousin and his wife just had a baby, I guess a couple weeks ago or a week ago, I don't remember. Um, and she was planning for a birth center birth. Um, and she went to like, I think 42 weeks. She had like a, a lot of fear surrounding the coronavirus. And it was, I think, really like holding her back and 
might have been a huge reason why she took a while to go into labor and then her labor lasted forever um like a day and a half and finally ended up in transferring to the hospital um which it ended up you know it ended well like she she was happy um that she got to go get an epidural and rest for a little bit and then she had the baby and everything was fine um but i think i haven't been able to talk to her directly um since she had the baby i did reach out to her and just said hey like i'm here well i said that before she had the baby i was like if you ever need anything please let me know but they live like outside of dallas so there's it's like i i want to do something for her so bad because like i messaged her a few days ago she didn't message me back and i know that she's upset that she's from um england and so her parents are over there and my aunt lives a, maybe 10 minutes away from them but um but she can't go over there and they live in like a tiny tiny trailer they're all about tiny living um which they love but i'm like i hope she's okay just like cooped up in this tiny tiny home and not able to see family and it, it just sucks so bad and i just want to do something for her because i just I've really been through it when it comes to postpartum and it's, it fucking sucks no matter what. But then with all this going on, oh my God, I can't, I can't imagine. So I did, I did, you know, what I feel like I can right now, like as far as just reaching out and saying, if you ever need anything, I don't care if it's 3 a.m., please like, let me know. I will order you stuff off Amazon. I don't care, you know, but it's like not being able to, make freezer meals and you know drop it off at your porch or that would be awesome but like I feel really like I don't know what to do for her and especially if like I'm reaching out and she doesn't contact me back which I've definitely been there before I've been I've done that but I don't know you know what to do for her living so far away and just a really shitty situation something we just did for friends of ours in Midland that had a baby. Um, we used Grubhub because we can order the food for them and have them deliver it wherever we want. And we paid for it. So we said on this day, like on their meal train, we were like, we can't drop off a meal, but I can certainly order you a meal. So we like ordered them a really nice meal. And it was like our friend's birthday. And she was, my friend was like, I'm not going to be able to make him a cake or do any of these things for my husband. And I was like, okay, well, we can send like a piece of cake for dessert or whatever, you know, and just that's what we did because again, we can't physically do it. We just said on this day, don't plan to make anything. I will send it for you. And you just, and you ask for any um, food option or like um, things they can't eat, allergies, et cetera. But that's what was one way we were able to do it versus gift card which still makes them have to like do the gift card and order it and do all the things. So um, I just took everything off their plate and we said, what time do you want it delivered? And what are your food allergies? And we took care of the rest. That's a really good idea. I did not, um, did not think of that, but I think I'll do that. That's a good idea.
I'm kind of making notes in the chat box as we go, so that way I can put it in the show notes. And then I also included a link to a light that um, if folks were worried about bringing stuff into their house, they could use that light to like kind of buzz it over. And that's supposed to kill virus, so you don't waste gloves on, you know, touching out packaging or whatever that you're worried about. Just use your hand sanitizer and use your light to wand everything. You know, kind of like, I wish they had like lightsaber looking ones so we could get the kids to do it, you know? <laughs> this is Rowan's nine millionth idea. Good idea right here. Lightsaber UV wands to uh, get rid of the stuff. So, um, but anyway, I think that's what we're going to do is start using the wands um, so that I can like disinfect my midwifery equipment and stuff like that. It makes less trash and can go over stuff. And anyways, so I'm encouraging everybody to get a UV light wand. Okay. Also something we can do since the post office is still open, if on your next trip out, you just collect a couple of extra items and throw it in a basket or throw it in a box and just send it, right? It, don't, don't wait for them to ask because that's sometimes one of the biggest things is they're not going to ask. So you just preemptively throw in a couple of your favorite things. Throw in a roll of toilet paper, like, you know, great. <laughs> like just throw in one and then throw in some energy bars or whatever. Um, because that, you know, that's always just something that will either get used or consumed or something easy. And it's just, it's like a surprise care package that they're not going to ask for. Along those lines is, I don't know how helpful it was for any of y'all, but um, where you normally sat to nurse your babies or feed your babies, as you're doing, Bev, um, having a basket next to you with um, some water or some snacks or whatever. So like you're, you're feeding your baby basket. That way you can uh, throw your phone in it. Cause you know, the kids always need something once you sit down, your older kids, if this is your subsequent child, but, or just a way, something for you, like some post-it notes or a pen or I don't know, something in your nursing basket so that, or you're feeding your baby basket. So that's an idea too, helpful helpful item that you can throw together and, and mail to somebody that they may not think of, so. How about you, Tiff? Anything that you can think of postpartum-wise or anything that was super valuable to you? Um, these are all really good ideas. I didn't really have a lot of postpartum support um, with Lily and it was difficult for me um, to ask for what I needed with Willow. Uh, but these are all really good ideas and I just, I can't imagine having to go through any of, uh, you know, birthing, prenatal, having a baby, postpartum, any of this during all of this coronavirus stuff. Um, 
So my heart goes out to all those people right now. I just, it's, it just is overwhelming even thinking about it. All this shit is overwhelming and we're just going to get through it one day at a time, one hour at a time, one five minute stretch at a time. It's all okay. Something else, um, a friend. Oh, go ahead. Last week, I, I don't know, I was like very overcome with emotion about um, pets and animals and um, like pets that we've lost and pets that I've known. And um, I recently found out that cats and dogs can contract the virus. And I think it's, I guess it's for animal from animal because you can't, people can't get it from animals, from their own pets. Um, but there have been cases of dogs and cats with it. And it's just so bizarre to me, but I was just having a feels about pets and how wonderful it is to have them and um, thinking about all the people who are quarantining who are single, who don't have another person to hug or, um, you know, don't have a way of making those connections. So this actually ties in nicely. A friend of mine started a um, started a card sending chain. Um, so you can make cards, send addresses, request a card, do all of those things of just some extra love, right? Which is kind of what we do in our group anyway, but getting it in the mail. Because sometimes that's just something nice, right? Um, even if you're postpartum and just say, hey, I really struggled with these things when I was pregnant, here's a couple things for you. Or, hey, I really struggled postpartum. Um, I know how all of those hard things are. If you need to talk, let me know. All right, send it in a card. Because um, I know like my brother just had his 30th birthday and was really bummed that he like missed out on all of the 30th birthday stuff, right? So, um, but he also doesn't want a lot of stuff because they live in a tiny place. So we made a funny card for him. I actually wrote his card on a roll, of, an entire roll of toilet paper. I wrote his card all the way across it. And so then he had to unroll the toilet paper to get, anyway, it was funny. Um, and I just told him that my favorite 30 things about him, you know, or my favorite 30 memories. And he had to unroll it on a toilet paper. And it was really funny and fun. And so remembering that like us telling each other that we love each other and what we appreciate about, appreciate about each other always goes a long way in our social connection, even during distancing. And Tiffany, like that brings up a really good point I have been noticing too um, about grief. So, um, you know, I've worked a lot on the grief of losing my mom, but anytime something else gets lost, it's like it brings up all of that. And, you know, the time that this died or that died is just like, 
you know, I don't get just mom died or just my cat or just my dog. It's like you get all of it and it becomes this big grief ball, right? They even have like a, a, a diagram where the ball of grief stays the same side, but our brain just expands to accommodate it, which is why we're not always fucked up every day with grief. Um, but sometimes, you know, that ball like hits the side or, you know, um, you know, our capacities get smaller. So I'm noticing that this is kicking up a lot of grief for myself and for other people, even though no one has died yet that I know personally, I'm starting to see other people that I know like two degrees of separation. It's that close, right? So, and it's coming. Um, and then that will activate more grief. And so with that, we just get to be really kind with ourselves and say like, why am I so upset? You know, when you say that to yourself, it's just like, because I am or because grief is complicated, you know, and it can be inundating and it makes no sense. One plus one equals 62 million. It doesn't like, there's no real math for that. Um, so to just be like, oh, right, of course, I'm going to have a grief response. Even before people were dying that we knew in the United States, I was feeling grief-like. And I was like, why? Oh, because this is heavy. You know, we can't leave our home. Like, what is that like? And then to hear other people talking about, yeah, like I'm going to cry just hearing about other people who can't be with their family members or people that they love that are dying. Because normally wouldn't we just get on a plane? and pay the millions of dollars to fly somewhere to be with people who are dying or have died. And so with that, we just get to be really kind with ourselves, just like not getting the postpartum period that we want or the birth that we want, um, the family time that we want, you know, like a lot of that is grieving. It's not just about death. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys to just be really gentle with yourself. I'm practicing it over here. Um, some days are better than others, but it's okay to just have grace for ourselves when stuff is messy. And I saw someone post that it's okay to grieve all of the things that we're currently losing. I've had friends lose their weddings. I've had friends lose all their birthdays or their kids' birthday parties or like we are actually making a huge sacrifice that staying home is not nothing like it is a huge sacrifice to just stay home and it's okay to grieve all of those other things that we are in fact losing it's also very strange for us because we moved from texas to be closer to our family and here we are, you know, not allowed to see them. Um, my sister works in a grocery store. And um, my brother-in-law, who lives in Pittsburgh, is like a little bit crazy with the prepper and, you know, hoarding of the groceries. And he's like, oh, we need to band together. We need to, you know, all be in one place. When are you going to go? you know, to grandpa's house. And I was like, we're not. <laughs> if we leave, we have to quarantine for another two weeks when we get back. And I told him, I was like, honestly, I don't know the next time I'm gonna see my sister because she works in a grocery store and I need to keep my kids healthy. I need to keep them, you know, away from the virus as much as possible. So 
that like, you know, hit home last night because it, it kind of was like the realization that she's dealing with this every day and having to protect herself and clean, wash hands and all that. And, you know, I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to hug her. Is it going to be this summer? Is it going to be this year? I don't know. Well, what I know is every day feels like a new wild west of experiences, right? So it's hard to predict when anything's going to be happen. And sometimes it feels like it'll be never. And sometimes it feels like it's going to be tomorrow. And we know that the answer is somewhere in the middle of all that. All right, my feelers. It's 11.55. So we've been talking about feelings and navigating through it for 55 minutes. Anything else that we want to say before um, we see each other next week? Um, I just want to say something real quick. This is totally off topic and I didn't want to waste any time talking about it, but um, we're still struggling with lice over here. And it's like, it doesn't matter how much laundry I do or how many lice treatments I perform or how much I comb out hair, it's not going away. So I would really love, I mean, we don't have to like talk about it right now, but if someone who knows anything about lies could like post in the group or anything like that, I'm fucking desperate. I will do anything besides shave my daughter's head because she does not want that. So um, just like any advice would be great. Is that just um, one kid or anybody else in the family? Um, there were two that had it. I think one of them is clear of it, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I feel like every time I look at their heads, it's like there's a surprise, you know, just. So last time I checked, she didn't have lice, but um you know, that could change within a few days, but at least one of them has like lots and lots of eggs that just won't go away no matter how much I pick at her hair. Well, my answer to everything right now is use the wand. So I'm uh, looking to see if that uh, UV wand like <laughs> kills lice because it says don't use it on a human, but like if you stick it right up there by their hair. So I put a link in the chat because that's my answer to everything is UV light, clearly UV light. Maybe that's my anxiety talking, but um, it did say that UV light makes them glow. So you're able to see it much clearer the little nits and the lice and stuff, but I'm still not sure if it kills them. And it might not have said, let me see. And it says they're back ordered. So we'll have to wait like three weeks. So now I'm searching for another place to get a different one. But I really want one that makes Rowan happy because she's like hopped up about this, but I want it right now so I can wand myself every time I leave the house. I don't care if it says don't use it on me. So look into the wand. Um, there's other wands. There's, you know, somewhere somebody's got a wand. Um, I know that Kathleen uh, Wilson got them off of eBay about two weeks ago. You know, I love me some eBay.
My sister has a little eBay problem. It's true. Sorry, Dr. B. Doubt Practical you. things. I just bought a vacuum cleaner. It's not like I'm buying shit. See? Mm -hmm. Tiffany's like, I get you, girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it looks like, um, so, but I did put a good um, article in there. So I think, Bev, at some point, it'll either die, you know, the lice will die or it'll eat you, either one, right? Back to that. It'll be tomorrow. It'll be never. Mm. Um, but yeah, lice is irritating as shit. So. <sighs> okay, well, let's see if the wand works and then we'll keep figuring stuff out. But mostly it's just a, Ram Das would say it's an exercise in patience. Thanks. We're learning. More patience. In case we were low on that. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Um, and 12 step, there's a, um, the fifth step is, uh, the fifth step? Sixth step. Seven step, one of these steps, um, it's that you become a different person because you have opportunity to create, you know, different responses to the same behavior. You can, instead of drinking or being a dick, you can, you know, start meditating or, I don't know, hopscotch or something. Um, but then I never realized that you would get situations that suck that would encourage you to have different responses that I thought just magically that I would have a new response. I wouldn't have to like I was like, I don't know what was happening there. So this is exactly that. I was like, oh, gee, this sucks. And uh, here we are trying to create a different skill set. So, all right. The computer just told me it's 12 o'clock. Let's unmute ourselves. Bev, we'll keep thinking of good ideas. Join us in the Facebook group to continue the conversation about Bev and the lice situation. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> unmute yourselves. And uh, we're just going to take humor where we can. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Um, in it together. Bye-bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.